0: A young
1: woman people can't stop talking about. Taylor. Taylor Swift. Taylor. Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. Yes, Taylor Swift. 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 Ish. What just happened? Hey guys, welcome back to Swiftish. I'm Shelby.
0: And I don't know if you forgot about me, but yeah. I'm Ashley. It's been, it's been two weeks and we were we were set to, to record the last two weeks, but I've had some personal issues going on. So thank you guys for letting me take some time. If you follow me on my Instagram account, you know. So I appreciate it. I appreciate Shelby. Uh Um and hopefully people have been you know listening to PS You wrong because some of the hot takes (laughs) of the past two weeks have been recorded. With PS You wrong, I mean do you want to listen to it? (laughs) Yes. But no because Matt is a Matt's a hater. And I, hater. I think that there are some people in this world that just didn't like Taylor at the beginning and they will just die on that rock because <laughs> they, they were on it and so loud and proud. So I, I kind of feel like Matt in particular – yeah, he could be a, a Swifty. He has everything in his DNA to make him a Swifty, but he is also stubborn.
1: I know. yeah, yeah, it's it, it's hard to tell if he's I think you know, some people just don't like Taylor Swifts music, but he has such a fervent disgust without really being able to pinpoint why compared to other yeah. artists or whatnot. So uh, yeah, I don't know. I yeah. don't know. It's whatever. Yeah, I suffered through the Eras tour movie with him and then, He's had some thoughts on the Travis Kelsey of it all. And then we talked a little bit about 1989, um, on our episode this week, but I really have been saving all the thoughts, yes. feelings, and opinions for, for this reunion episode.
0: Now, I do have to preface this. You know, I don't know if we want to get into the Aeros Tour first or film. I, I'm not sure, but I do have to preface this that because of what I was going through the past two weeks, I did not listen to nineteen eighty nine until Monday. Cause like yeah. so I, in my weird mind frame, I was like, I cannot enjoy anything right now. Yeah. Like, I'm not enjoying life. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna let myself enjoy this, which was probably bad. I should have, um, because it would have put me in like a good mindscape. You know, I've been playing a lot of uh, Monopoly Go on my phone <laughs> because it like just zeroes me out and I don't have to yeah. think about anything. Yeah. Um, so maybe I should have listened to it, but I just listened to it oh, on yeah. Monday.
1: And That's I, funny. yeah, I, and you I mean, listen to your body. You know, it's I like did. I did. You're not a bad Swifty for avoiding no. it or like not getting to it. I mean, this is yeah. an old album, you know, so it's like. Your loyalty old, cannot be questioned. <laughs> I
0: mean, it's an old album with
1: uh, some new twists, though. Yes, yes, yeah. Yes. So, so I I listened to it when it came out. Because um, yes, you I mean, I listened me. to me. Yeah, vault tracks. Well, first because, I.
0: Yes, let's get into like all of the <laughs> yeah. uh, all of the build up to 1989. Because like you probably know so much more than I do, but I w- I was kind of like. Yeah stepped away but you texted me and you were like they leaked people are not happy
1: yeah (laughs) I'm afraid I know because I think you know it was one of those things where like some people who had ordered it online suddenly got it delivered like the morning of instead of the day after right so Mm. it's like I feel like every album has an issue not just Taylor Swift where it is like this because it's just like a matter of you know shipping delivery whatever And so some people got it first and so then that meant there were leaks. I didn't see any like widely distributed. Like it wasn't like Taylor had to get on and be like, you guys ruined this for me or something. It was like just people were talking about it.
0: And not because they were illegally going to search for it because people had accidentally gotten it like on Thursday instead of Friday. Yeah. So I think
1: if you'd like been looking for audio on like TikTok or something, you could have found it. But it wasn't as big of a leak as like – I don't remember when, like, me came out or something. Anyways, the point is that there were just a few – there were enough of people that I saw it pop up on my Reddit feed of, like, this is the spoiler chain. Like, do not ask for links, but you can discuss your thoughts. And so I was reading through it, and it was, like, a pretty soured reaction where – most of the comments i saw were like oh my gosh the production's so different like style is ruined i don't like welcome to new york is so jarring like she's not she's like hiding the fact that she sings better now by like rushing through the songs i don't know there was a lot of like angst about it which gave me anxiety um and then especially the vault tracks, people were like, I can't believe she said these were like her favorite vault tracks. They don't even feel, they don't even sound mm. good. Like, slut isn't at all what I was expecting. Why is it a mm. love song? And so there were just like a lot of opinions that without context, I was like, oh no, like what, what went wrong? Is this really going to be like a dud? Am I going to be frustrated by all my old favorites and disappointed by all these new ones? Um And it's also interesting just thinking back over the last couple of weeks because, you know, she didn't do any singles. She didn't promise any music videos. So while the rollout has been extensive in the fact that she's offered all these different special editions and like, oh, my gosh, 24 hours to shop for this (laughs) different one. Oh, Target has this one. There wasn't like a lot of promo except that she posted three days before a new lyric each time on her story mm-hmm. very reminiscent of the original 1989 yes yeah. and it was funny because it was clearly lyrics like tuesday everyone was like oh new lyrics and then wednesday's dropped and she wrote it in like different colored fonts and <laughs> i don't know if you saw this but everyone was mm-hmm. like oh, double album confirmed like these are written in the handwriting of other people who will be featured on the secret mm-hmm. second album <laughs> And I was like, these are clearly lyrics like they were they were they were sort of disconnected seeming like it was like aquamarine. And so it was like you could read them as separate words, but it was like context clues if the Mm -hmm. day before was lyrics and the day after is lyrics. And this is probably just lyrics that she wrote in cutesy little handwritten fonts and everyone was like analyzing the h's and being like this is how harry styles writes his h i have it tattooed on my arm like it has to be <laughs> and i was like i think we're reading too much into this yes and so I mean, yeah there has, it out there has to be there a, there has a double album that's be a double album one day exactly we're we're, one day. we're we're manifesting it so hard we're just getting the wrong album
0: i mean maybe ts11 yeah no i you know she did she had two different prologues um, for her albums, one was handwritten, one was typed. and in the handwritten one, I I, I have the CD, I think it's in my mailbox, but I, I been I've been avoiding my mailbox. but in the hand in the handwritten one, there are capital T's in like certain weird areas. and I thought maybe the article I was I was reading had like
1: mm. had a typo,
0: but then I kept on reading and I was like, oh, there are multiple T's. like there are 11 capital Ts.
1: Oh, interesting. So, T, 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 T,
0: 11. so maybe TS11 <laughs> is going to be a double album because it's 1-1-11. One, one, there has
1: to be a double album. Isn't it just know. like her handwriting? I mean, I'm going to look at it. It's I just, was born in
0: 1989, reinvented for the first time. It's just.
1: Right, right. It's
0: just very interesting because we are. Midnights was the 10th album, and there are 11 capital T's wow Ashley I missed you yeah you're bringing in
1: the analysis I I just didn't even (laughs) I didn't even think to look at the t's and count them but you're right there are 11 and that could mean something we never know well I I feel like Taylor does just enough weird things that it's like could be
0: (laughs) I feel like though this having the capital t's that could still be something because she right. does stuff in her album liners. Whereas where you mentioned people in their stories, different colors and different handwritings. And I, I do feel like that's a little like far off. Like she okay. was just sharing Okay. I lyrics. do.
1: I, I see what you mean. I'm looking at the handwritten part, but I do think it's interesting. I mean, yeah, you're right. The is capitalized, but time isn't. Have, and I
0: present to you with gratitude.
1: Oh, yeah. The that T one's is interesting. capitalized.
0: It's not the first letter.
1: So you what would be the significance of T? Just self-love. Taylor. Just Taylor, just Taylor yeah. eleven times.
0: Yeah. And maybe there was maybe she just wanted T for Taylor and she's like, there you go. Cause there are rumors she's back in the studio writing a new album. I mean, she does have a brand new love. But
1: that. there is a difference in how she capitalized this in mm-hmm. the main sentence mm-hmm. and then the 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 tall t's are still technically lowercase because of the the crosses in the middle of the
0: I, that's just <laughs> what i've been reading and seeing <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, so yeah. i like saying, it i like it it could be a double album a hint at it yes 11 yeah, yeah. Could be a double album
1: well i know even when this came out. Everyone was like, I'm staying up. I feel like something else is coming. I feel like something else is coming. This can't be it. And then all she announced was like, oh, look, Kendrick Lamar is on this special deluxe version. I finally got him to do it. And it's like, and then someone was like, oh, well, there has to be more. There has to be more. Why hasn't she done any features on this album? Like there has to be more. And then it was just like, oh, sweeter than fiction is on the is on the um target one if you want to go get that yep. and so I feel like the ship has sailed like I feel like the time has passed for her to announce another deluxe version
0: I don't know but maybe she she'll she, that that capitalist queen loves loves her money
1: oh I know yeah she, she is now the billionaire
0: she's a billionaire because of all of her re records. and have yeah. you heard about what I know we're going everywhere, but this is all kind of within like the 1989 scope. Have you heard about what record labels are doing now?
1: Oh, are they closing out the option for people to be recorded?
0: They they aren't. So not exactly that, but in a way, yes. So with, with Taylor, it was five years after her like – she's recorded those albums, right? And so that's why it's been at this, like, lovely time thing. But – and uh, some people have, like, five or seven years to release or sometimes have, like, two years after their contract expires. But now some artists have been asked to agree, like, in their contracts to not record their releases until 10 to 30 years after <laughs> leaving those record companies. And it's, it's like, mm. it's because of – directly related to Taylor Swift's success –
1: yeah, In it's like re-records. why not just be like, okay, you can own your masters, but instead they're like, I'll close this loophole. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because <laughs> you I, won't outsmart me this time.
0: <laughs> I thought UMG mm. when Taylor signed on, I thought they made a a deal that any new artists just outright outright own their records.
1: Mm, I don't know about that. That's a pretty that's what big I promise. Thought. I know For that she reason. helped somehow, but. I don't remember if it was that significant.
0: Yeah, because everyone's like, all the work that Taylor's done, Look, it's like just getting unraveled. And I was like, wait, I thought I I read this somewhere, which might yeah. be, be wrong. But I mean, Taylor is changing the music industry for better, or in this case, for
1: worse. <laughs> no, no, no. We don't. We don't put the sins of man it's onto not someone. On Taylor. Yeah, it's, it, it's m- not. No, you know,
0: It's not her fault. It's just pe- greedy Executives yeah. are seeing her success. Yeah. And for better or for worse, it's just yeah. a ripple effect.
1: No, I know. I meant I saw some people on Reddit talk about, like, oh, see, Taylor ruined this oh. for everyone. Oh, um, see, I didn't mean it like that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's ridiculous to mean it like that because it's just like, well, the, yeah, no, it's, uh, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Your advice has always been get a lawyer to anyone who wants to be Um, in the music industry. Not
0: just a lawyer. Get a good lawyer. Get a good (laughs) lawyer. Because you guys,
1: not all lawyers are created equally. I can say this because I
0: work in the field.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, But yeah, no. Big, big personal swings for her. Um, Mm -hmm. She and Travis did not go on a couple's date for Halloween. I know. They were supposed to be Barbie and Ken, but. But did they? And we just didn't see it? <laughs> yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe they were going to. And then the SAG AFTRA came out with those rules that were like, you can't be Barbie. And so she's like, oh, scrap that.
0: On, she couldn't be Barbie? SAG AFTRA
1: had rules for the strike where oh. people who are a member of SAG can't dress up as characters that would be seen as promoting a film that's from a Struck studio. So, like, oh, wow. Barbie and I didn't realize Oppenheimer. That. I mean, yeah. It's not that deep, but... I know, but but,
0: I didn't didn't realize that. That's very interesting. They might have just had a lovely Halloween party in Travis's new secluded home in Kansas. (laughs) Who knows? I was very interested in seeing what she would dress up as because we've gotten such creative costumes (laughs) from her. Yeah, last
1: year she was a squirrel, right? Yeah, I think last year.
0: Yeah. Oh, she was Spider-Man once. She was Olaf another time. So it was kind of sad that... Little Mermaid...
1: Yes, Daredevil. Yes, uh, Unikitty. Uni, no, wait. She. It was a Unipegasus um, Pegasus corn. Pegacorn. Pegacorn. <laughs> because
0: Pabu was a pegacorn, and I was Taylor. Once. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um. Yeah. No. It's been. Uh, you know, pretty. Taylor's been pretty quiet, but uh, not. She yeah. hasn't been sharing a lot personally, but she's been seen a lot publicly. Um, mm-hmm. And then obviously, 1989 TV. Yes. Taylor's version. Where,
0: where do we want to talk about the music right now, her type of prologue?
1: Oh what, yeah. What do we, where do you? Let's start go? with the prologue. I love. this. Okay. I we, love the drama. Do we want to read the whole prologue, Absolutely or do we just not? Want... <laughs> okay. Because it's like eight paragraphs long.
0: It is really long. I just wasn't sure if we wanted to read it or just highlight some of it. It's I would not long. read it. Yeah. You're a better <laughs> reader.
1: But um, yeah, know, let the... me pull it up. The highlights. I mean this. Yes. This was another thing that that people had seen before the album came out, and it it broke a lot of people's hearts, minds, souls, um, because people read it as like this disavowal of gaylers and this sort of slap in the face for anyone who's ever read her art in a queer lens. Yeah, like you guys, if you listen to
0: Wonderland, we're sorry. That was I'm not thought. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, sorry, Taylor.
1: I am not sorry. So she was like talking about her you know, all these re-recordings, she does this in her album notes where she's, like, explaining her mindset at the time, how she came to create it, and, like, what she valued from that era. And so this was a long one where she talked about um, cutting her hair for the first time, moving to the city, like, deciding that she could reinvent herself. And she was, like, one of the things that... Um, the, the voices that had begun to shame me in new ways for dating, like a normal young woman, I wanted to silence them. And so then she has this paragraph where she says, in the years preceding this, I had become the target of slut shaming. And it's like, you know, all the jokes about how um, her boyfriends, like, be careful, boys, don't write with her. Like, she's a boy crazy psychopath writing these songs, predatory, like all of this. And she was like, I had to make it stop because it was really starting to hurt And so she was like, I couldn't do casual dating or even have a male friend that you hang platonically hang out with. If I was seen with him, it was assumed I was sleeping with him. And so I swore off hanging out with guys, dating, flirting, or anything that could be weaponized against me by a culture that claimed to believe in liberating women. Um, I assumed I could fix this if I simply changed my behavior. I swore off dating and decided to focus on myself myself and my female friendships. If I only hung out with my female friends, people couldn't sensationalize or sexualize that, right? I would learn later on that people could and people would. And so that set the internet ablaze. But the rest of it goes into her time working with Max Martin and Shellback, deciding to explore sounds with Jack Antonoff, having this fun time trying out this new sound. And how good it was to experiment like that and to have that naivety and like hunger for adventure, as she says. And then she goes through like some of the highlights of this album and is like, oh, like I'm so grateful for my fans who like accepted this, who understood it. Who appreciated the humor in blank space, and then said, "Who saw the seeds of allyship and advocating for equality in Welcome to New York?" You who knew that maybe a girl who surrounds herself with female friends in adulthood is making up for the a lack of them in childhood, not starting a tyrannical hot girl cult. You who saw that I reinvent myself for a million reasons, and one of them is to entertain you. Very interesting. Did you? So, you was did you read this? on your own or did you did it come to you through a headline or whatever
0: um I actually someone read it on the internet and I listened to them read it because oh, nice. I am and I'm so glad I did that just because I'm so bad at reading <laughs> when you when I get an email or a text with like tons oh, and tons of paragraphs yeah. I just get anxious and I getting I have anxiety and I push it off and I don't want to do it so I watch someone read it nice. so yeah it was, what were
1: your thoughts
0: <laughs> I was like, oh my thought immediately went to Wonderland and what we just covered last that was my first thought was like oh crap because we sexualized one of her female friendships because uh, my one of my first thoughts too was it, just, it didn't start here yeah it wasn't just 1989 where it started it, it yeah. ramped up more because of her her very dominant, Friendship, media-facing friendship with Carly,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I kind of felt bad because I have, I have a, entertained myself with reading, with talking about the whole Gaylor of it all, and you just you you never know. I did did she say she's straight here? In the handful of words, if you read it the right way, yes. Did she say she's not not a part of that community? I don't know.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I I didn't feel guilty right away. What I felt is reminiscent to the Reputation liner note where she's like, I know people are going to speculate about who this song is about and pull out slideshows about who I've been with. And it was that really like, don't you dare do this thing that you've been doing forever and that I helped like instigate and like entertain through my early part of the career. And Taylor just has these sort of like ebbs and flows to – Her willingness to play the game, you know, the jokes weren't funny, I took the money, however she wants to posit it now. But then also turning around and after fictionalized successes like Folklore and Evermore being like, actually, let's go back to all midnights that like traumatized me through my life and we'll just see what this is about, like inviting the speculation again. And I think it's because to Taylor, there's like a line and that's a really hard line to prove or explain to people who are also flirting with that line. So is there a difference between people like fans being excited when she writes out maple lattes in her little liner notes and knowing what that reference is and someone like Ellen DeGeneres taking any photo that she's ever had with another guy and being like, did you date them? Did you date them? Did you date them? And I think that would be discombobulating to someone who's hoping she can trust people to have the best intentions or the her best interests at heart where it's not like slut shaming for her fans to be like, oh my gosh, it's so clever that she's like referencing this snowmobile accident with this guy. And like, we all know that. Whereas it's probably really frustrating to have you be the butt of the joke where people are like, careful, careful boys, she'll write a song about you. And so on one hand, I can see why that keeps being this like little Rock in her shoe, where she's like, "Oh, you guys are just irritating me by like sexualizing everything." But I don't think the fans are the ones who are doing that. Even the Gaylers, like, yeah, sure, there's some, you know, people who take it too far on both sides of like the Hetler and Gayler of it all. But I think if you look at how she's liked different Gayler posts or different queer readings. On Tumblr or TikTok or whatever or invited content creators who are outspoken gaylers to her like you know secret sessions or whatnot it doesn't seem like she's turned off by that so much as she is by when the media gets a hold on it and is sensationalizing and sexualizing like oh Taylor and Carly hold hands at the you know basketball game or like the storylines come out where it's like are they living together and then she comes out with her tweets that are like can every the can the media please stop telling me i'm dating my best friends so it's like the frustrating thing with this liner note isn't that she's like oh guys stop it it's that it's another ambiguous pendulum swing where it throws people who have been fans of hers under the bus by By wrapping them up in this like, oh, we're sexualizing. Oh, we're obsessed with like, like, no, it's not that every single girl Taylor's been with, Taylor's been friends with has been (laughs) sexualized, right? Like no one's sitting there being like, oh, her and Blake Lively have a secret love affair. Like it's because of specific clues and songs, which we are trained to look at because Mm -hmm. of specific language and coded words that we Presume she knows otherwise when we're like, oh, this is a reference to art. Oh, this is a reference to literature. Oh, she's so smart. She knows everything. She's a mastermind. And then when she's using hairpin twice in a row, even after the first time was like, that's a queer, that's a queer lesbian like uh, symbol or lavender haze or whatever it is, it's like you can't Mm -hmm. be both a genius and then feign like ignorance at every turn, like wearing a bisexual wig in your me music video like that's the thing is she could just be one of those she could just be accidentally or intentionally queer baiting and like that can be frustrating in its own right it's just like it's inauthentic for her to be able to be like everyone misunderstands me I'm always the victim like no one gets me but then expecting her fans to like get her on her terms when she's not really clear about what those terms are. Yeah. That's my little mini rant. I just, (laughs) (laughs) I think it's just like, like I saw a lot of people who were hurt by this. I saw a lot of people who were like, see, see what you've done to her. And I think the truth is more in the middle where Taylor likes the conspiracies. She likes the guesswork around her relationships, whether they be straight female, like villain, like, you know, like, oh, Bad Blood's about, about Katy Perry. But I think it's insincere for her to be like, all the media can do is just sexualize my relationship with my brands, And it's like, it's not that simple because it isn't just every single person you're with is someone you're sleeping with. Like Mm -hmm. the real fans, the people she's technically writing this to are not the ones doing that. And so Mm -hmm. to lump them together with this, like, I'm just an ally and anyone who says otherwise is sexist garbage is just like, it's confusing.
0: Mm-hmm. I think even with her male relationships, like friendships, she talked about any guy she's hung out with, would they would always just like, they're having sex. I think it is intrusive and can take her just a back in Nepal that people are always mm-hmm. talking about her sex life. Yeah, They're always, which... Kind of makes me, when I was thinking of, when I was was listening to her songs, I was thinking of like, maybe she didn't put this song in here because, you know, is it over now? Maybe it was just too sexualized and she didn't want to put it on the album. Like, those are things that I was thinking of because it wasn't until Reputation where she really fully explored that side of her, Mm -hmm. you know, I like, what what song was it that we were talking about just most recently with, like, Clothes on the Floors in 1989? Yeah. it was like, ah! she, 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 she had sex. Like there's yeah. like, you know, she had, she had created such an, such an image, like a yeah. good girl image that because she created that good girl image, people were overly sexualizing her. Like yeah. think of Katy Perry and think of these other artists who kind of came in, uh, you know, swinging with their sexuality. People do talk about it, but it's, I don't know there's like a different level to Taylor and being sexualized. And maybe that's just because Taylor's in my, my news feed all the time.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Well, I think, yeah, like looking at it, it definitely was like it was low hanging fruit to be like, oh, don't date her. She'll write a song about you. Maybe she should write a song that says I'm the problem. You know, like it was really lame, totally annoying, sexist, misogynistic, lazy jokes at her expense for being a woman dating in her 20s. And I think part of it is because like Lady Gaga, Katy Perry, Madonna—they're very overtly sexual, but Taylor is the angelic Puritan, like you know, girl in the white dress you take home to mom. And so it, 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 like, yeah, our culture is terrible at handling <laughs> women celebrities. Period. Um, oh, the virgin. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah.
0: I I remember specifically. You know, I was hanging out with a couple of friends who are very, very religious. This is during 1989. And so the preface is where she, where she is in her career. And he admit, made a mention. He's like, I like Taylor. She's a good role model for my my daughters because she's still a virgin. And I was just oh. kind of like, what? What? Like I And I had never even thought of Taylor and sex and who she slept with, who she had slept with. It just wasn't in my... Yeah. My, my mindset, I know she had dated people, but my first thought wasn't, oh, I bet they've had sex or oh, yeah, I bet she hasn't so had weird. sex. Yeah. So it's so interesting that that was like the forefront of his mind was she hasn't had sex. She's a good role model. I'm like, what? Yeah. Like that's.
1: That's, that's ridiculous. It's the same thing with Britney there. Spears. Like Britney yeah. Spears was touted as this virgin even though she wasn't and had never personally said she was but it was when like Justin Timberlake dumped her and like admitted that they'd had sex that everyone was like oh my gosh and so it is weird like it's it must be very very weird to be a woman in the public eye and have people very interested in your personal life but I think it's it's insincere for Taylor to think she hasn't had a hand in the analysis of her relationships because they feature so heavily in her music intentionally. Yeah. And so I don't feel bad about like reading Wonderland the way I do because Wonderland, like her music is meant to be explored not only as a song that's fun to listen to and, and interesting to read separate of the famous people that may or may not be involved. But as fans who have been trained from the get go to think about like, what could this be referencing? What could this be a tie into? How does this relate to the relationships we know? I don't know. It's just like, you can't have your, you can't have your cake and eat it too. And like pretend to be mad, but then also send people on these goose chases. Like, it's just, Mm -hmm. I just need her to acknowledge (laughs) her part in this and like pick a lane almost because I feel like every other album she shifts where she's like, I'm just going to write fictional stuff so no one can talk about it. JK, here's a four minute diatribe against John again. And it's just like, yeah. it's a lot.
0: <laughs> it is a lot. And, you know, a lot of her fan base are an LGBTQ plus group. So, you know, let them read it the way they will. Yeah. We're hearts broken because she made this statement. I think some people are pretty. Yeah pretty sad about it just because maybe they felt
1: yeah, it, it disconnected. Lumps, yeah. And it lumps people with the best intentions, the, the most like mild readings in with slut shamers and sexist. And that's just yeah. not, that's not fair. And yeah. I think Taylor had a responsibility to differentiate or emphasize what exactly she finds so disgusting because if she's just like, Oh, how dare people think I could ever date a woman? That's just mm-hmm. like, it's a little problematic in its own way, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Just
0: kind of, maybe not address it. But, yeah. you know, she, she had her intentions and yeah. she spoke her truth. Her truth. Sure. So yeah. So let her, we'll let, we'll let her just be yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. And it's we can fine. read into things. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what was. We'll see how it goes later. Yeah, and, you know, she does have a mind that is just – I just think it's amazing because she dated Harry for two months (laughs) and we got this whole album plus all this bonus track off of Harry and the –
1: Well, to be fair, uh, it was a situationship for like – Situationship. Probably closer to nine months, like on and off, right? Because they had that stint in the spring – then they stopped hanging out, and then they got together more around December, New yeah. Year's. Which yes. one of the?
0: I don't know which. I'm, I'm looking at the the bonus tracks. I don't know which bonus track it was, but one of them did specifically say we'll get back together.
1: Yeah. You
0: know? So I was like, okay. I was like, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> like, and there's just Very so messy. much. There's just so much hairy in it. Yeah. And I'm just like, whoa! Like this is because like for. And I don't know why we should be shocked because how many albums did she write about Joe? But they were together for six years. And I'm just amazed at how much she can just pull inspiration for those, even those nine months. My mind does not work like that. Like if I could not even, I could probably write a half love story about Lance and I and it would just be unfinished because I just like don't have the brain capacity for this. Yeah. And I'm I'm amazed by her all the
1: time. Yeah. Well, and I think it's also like, you know, Even if it wasn't that deep of a relationship, the anxiety is an easy, an easy like inspirational source, you know, because it's like it's much easier to dial into those toxic relationships and be like, what happened? Why did this happen? I hate you, you hate me, I'm so sad. And so there's like a lot of food for thought, I think, even in a short-term mess, because it just elevates those emotions. So even if she isn't like Literally still pining for him as she is writing, I wish you would, or now that it's over, or whatever. I think those would be easier feelings to like dig into and be like, what if, you know? Because a lot of yeah. these songs aren't necessarily like, this is what happened, A through D, like, yeah. let's hit these like chapter marks. It's more big feelings. And so it is like an interesting album to think about as being inspired by one singular person, but it does feel like as you step back, especially the main album that we got originally, it's more like how you get the girl. I wish you would like all you had to do was stay like it's these ideas that are more like philosophical, like, oh, what ifs than actually like this is what happened and like sit down and I'll tell you. <laughs> Yeah,
0: and you know, it, every single album that's come out, you're like, oh Jake Gyllenhaal, like you're in my prayers, or oh John <laughs> Mayer, you're in my prayers. But with this, it doesn't really give any kind of. It doesn't villainize Harry.
1: I felt like some of them. The as the original much, album didn't.
0: Yes. But yeah. that's, that's what I was gonna say. It doesn't yeah. villainize Harry, and she doesn't play the victim. Yeah, she had that mindset, yeah. like you know, the parody of blank space. But when you listen to the bonus tracks, yeah, that's where. And I'm, I don't, I don't think she's a victim. But that's where she says what he did wrong, right? Or, you know, so that totally. that's where he got. So that's like the the difference between what she was trying to portray in 1989, just the stolen version. You know, there were songs like Slut, yeah. um, which I don't really think plays a victim but there are certain songs where she was like okay no that that doesn't really go well now we don't talk is it over now like there's i could see why you know some of the songs didn't make it on the list like i think diane warren wrote say don't go with taylor Mm -hmm. and she was like i'm so surprised it didn't make it on the track and it, it was such a great great song but then when you look at like her intentions behind Yes. All of these songs and what kind of message she wanted to perceive. She was reinventing herself. She mm-hmm. wanted to take back her name and the fact that, you know, Blank Space was such like a an anthem for her. Yeah. So I think, you know, these were such great songs that I I think – I don't know if I would switch any of them out. I would want to. Right. But. Because of the message she was trying to yeah. to give back then, I don't think I would have switched any of yeah. them out because of that.
1: Well, it's very sonically cohesive. Um, it you really know, is. she had a very intentional Grammy. <laughs> yeah. she was very intentional in her little perfectly succinct, polished nineteen eighty nine project. And so that was even true in the liner notes, where instead of like little clues, it was like telling a story about like oh she went to the city and she lost him but she found herself and somehow Mm -hmm. that was everything and so it was like very clearly she was less concerned with like sharing every feeling she'd had over the past two years and was to your point more like okay I gotta I gotta make this album just personal enough but also avoid the like details that have made me this like target of slut shaming and like mockery and so yeah looking at the vault tracks it does feel very intentional that she went with something like I wish you would instead of say don't go even though Mm -hmm. they're very similar and say don't go in a lot of ways feels like a stronger song just lyrically
0: oh yeah yeah
1: um but I think I wish you would serves a better purpose of being really generalized and just Mm -hmm. like you know high level like Here's the vibe. And then you – same with out of the woods versus is it over now. Like out of the woods captures some of those details and it captures the anxiety in a really weird, real emotional sense. But Mm -hmm. is it over now has that bigger emotional literal punch. Mm -hmm. Literal punch, LOL. (laughs) And (laughs) I also –
0: you know when when we listen to Slut and we'll get into it when we cover it, but when we listen to yeah. Slut, she does mention just because she dates this guy, yeah, she gets all of this hate. And this song, this this whole album was very much about Harry Styles, and so I know maybe it was very intentional too to be like, his fan base will come for me mm-hmm. if and not she wasn't trying to protect herself, but she's like, what kind of publicity do I want out of this yeah, album? Exactly. Like he's such a household name, just like I am, like. I'm going to be careful. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, John Mayer. But that, I think she said, from all the hate she was getting just by being associated to him. Yes. She's like, there's no way I'm going to write, like, a dear John or all-too-well about
1: him. I literally can't imagine. Because I remember the, like, hate from yeah. just them being seen together at Central Park. Like, it was like, you know, because, like you said, with her past boyfriends, they're huge names, but they don't have as – laser focused a fandom you know it's not like like does does Jake Gyllenhaal have dedicated what Gyllenhaalty's like I don't know but I don't know (laughs) but the the Harry's the one directioners were a terrifying group of peers so it was like they were already combative and they were already like chomping at the bit to tear Taylor apart and so if she had tried to be like oh, well, I had the decency to hide my knights but out of sight, but you didn't, you dirty dog. I hate you. Good luck dating yeah. all those blondes after me. I think <laughs> it would have been a terrible time to be a Swifty.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. And as, she, as the the Harry and One Direction fans, I don't know what their actual like names are, have they come for her at all with any of this? Or they're kind of like, oh, she's such a big name. Like, yeah, this is... I feel like they're
1: not relevant anymore. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of Harry fans, like Harry Style fans... Yes. ...are much more, you know, grown up and they understand that the tweenie bopper, like, battles weren't really, yeah, you know, whatever. Like, I think a lot of people expected them to work together and I think that these... Because I think the idea was that their relationship didn't work, but it wasn't like he was her worst boyfriend ever. Yeah. I mean, the yeah. bar was on the floor, but um, <laughs> it was like he was accepted as like a peer. And the way he responded to 1989 originally where he's like, it's nice to have good songs written about you. Like, I'll never complain about that type thing. Yeah. is yeah. He's seen as a much more respectful boyfriend ex. And
0: I believe that's besides you know, Taylor. Taylor's an amazing ex-boyfriend. We love Taylor Lautner. This is uh, one of the other exes that we have seen her be friendly with, right? In like in social settings, yes. Yeah. So we know that there's no bad blood between those two.
1: There might be a little, according to these. <laughs> well, there was that bad is, blood, but they've been willing they, to put they've it. They've gotten over them. it. Yeah. It's been
0: what ten years, so it's like it's yeah. been behind them.
1: Yeah, but I doubt they will collaborate. Is more the sense I got.
0: Yeah. It's
1: like, why would she bother? You know, like, what does she get from this? It was like a the best of times, the worst of times, you know. So it's like, why yeah. go back there? Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, she she said in her original announcement that these vault tracks are absolutely insane. She can't believe she cut them. She can't wait for everyone to hear them. Some people were torn on them, but what were your thoughts having a uh, a weekend to di- to digest away from the, or- yeah. the first reactions?
0: So. You're listening to what you had told me how people are kind of like oh this is terrible and you had said that slut was a love song, I I went into it with different expectations. Mm-hmm. I think if I would have listened to slut at first, I just would have I I think I would have been like a, a taken aback, not because it's not a good song, right. but because I was kind of like expecting some kind of reputation esque right. Which I know this isn't reputation, but because of just the name slut, you know, mm-hmm. quotation marks, I was like, okay, this is gonna be like, ooh, like
1: Yeah, wanna, sort of like, like stick roll to down. Man. My, yeah. Yeah,
0: roll down my windows and scream at the top of the lungs. But I really like slut and the the message behind it mm-hmm. and how ironic it is that it is a sort of love song. Yeah. With the actually, like I'll be a slut. I'll be labeled a slut for you. Yeah. So I liked that. I, I loved. Say don't go. Now we don't talk. I think Suburban Legends. I was a little, I like it, but I was a little. I'm a little confused by it. It's. Like, I don't get those, it.
1: Yeah, it's like an overdone metaphor. It's very confusing.
0: Yeah, to me. And I think I'm just yes, and I'm just reading into it too much. I'm like, okay, wait, who? Huh? Yeah. Where? <laughs> what? I, I, I mean, it's very, very like confused by that. But Is It Over Now? I loved. Oh, it's great. I loved Is It Over Now? And I was like, oh. And then, of course, I went and looked up, like, everyone that Harry Styles dated since then. I was like, is she talking about anyone particularly? But she wasn't talking about anyone in particular. She was talking about, like, I bet this is what you're going to do. Yeah. Because not all of it. He had, like, maybe one ex-girlfriend five years later that had blue eyes.
1: Yeah. I saw a TikTok of someone who went on a date with Harry Styles who was blonde and blue-eyed, and she was listening to the song. I don't know if it was real though, you know what I mean. Like, yeah. Like yeah, yeah. fake. TikTok.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, no, I I feel like so I had seen people be like, This is my least favorite set of vault tracks. And I think yeah. I understand it because to me these did not feel like 1989. And yeah. I feel like her other vault tracks, she's done a good job of matching the energy and sound of the albums they would have been on. Like, you know, she could have popified fearless like by by baby or you know that's when but she kept it like very country she even the most pop of it which is like the don't go or something I don't remember but it's like even that popified Jack Antonoff track on fearless vault Mm -hmm. still felt like oh this is old school Taylor like you can tell it in the lyrics you can tell it in the sound and it's like fun to be able to like picture them as part of it I think Red does an excellent job of that where it it all felt like it could have slotted into anywhere in the album and like made mm-hmm. sense at the time. But I think since she was so excited about these tracks that she almost just like made a mini album. And since she was working with Jack Antonoff on all of them, it just felt like a Midnight's like yeah. beta album. um, And so it was I, interesting.
0: I was wondering why max martin hadn't been brought in on this because he is because jack was only what a few of these. yeah he only did like tracks, two or three yeah he only did two two or three of them and so i was i was listening to lord lipman and i watched her video and she had mentioned so someone who like someone on tumblr i think cages boxes hunter foxes yeah. kind of went into i don't want to get thrown out for you know (laughs) someone's work but someone had like asked them a question like hey like i don't know if this is well known but why wasn't max martin not involved in these recordings and so it's kind of a two-part answer So this is what they said. They said, we know that Taylor and Max have professional, not personal beef over writing credits and production credits. He will not produce for artists that don't offer writing credits. She wants to be able to solo write at will. He also does not share production credits. And I think it's very important for her to be labeled as a producer on the re-recordings. And there's also a rumor that the price he was asking her to pay him to come back was so absurdly high that she said, nah, and did it yeah. on her own, and that was the right choice, given how good these are.
1: Yeah. yeah. Would we
0: have wanted to see Max on some of these, though?
1: Well, I don't know, because she did, like, her YouTube TV, like, she introed a couple of the songs, and during, now that we don't talk, I think she was like, this is one I love, but we couldn't figure out the production at the time. And so I think it's like, you know, Jack Antonoff can get some hate or people can be like oh like let go of this chokehold he has on you type thing Is like oh too much synth like what is this reverb <laughs> and it's like yeah i can get it but it's also like they're good partners because they think their energy matches one another and they are able to like riff and build and play and have fun and experiment and that inspires taylor and so it's like i'm not necessarily mad that he's on these i think that they're good standalone songs except mm. for Suburban Legends, which I do not like. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, kind of on the same page there. I don't
1: hate it, though. Yeah. But, um, but I think it's it's just it was just discombobulating because they do feel very Midnight's-esque. Like, they didn't uh-huh. even bother to, like, go back to that, like, 80s, like, I don't know, kind of dialed back vibes yeah. of 1989. These literally, like, copy some sounds from... Midnights, and I don't know if that was intentional because some people have like layered them to be like, "Oh, see this."
0: Is it over now? In question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: And it's like fun to see that, but then it's like, well, but this is supposed to be nineteen ninety-nine, and so I'm like, I don't know. It's kind of like hard for me to like listen to it on shuffle because it feels yeah. so different. But
0: then, on the other hand, maybe that's that's another thing that she was trying to convey too, because she was trying to convey a certain message, like we talked at the beginning, like maybe yeah. she wanted to be like, hey, it was hard to take these out and because we didn't know how we wanted to produce them. We didn't know how we wanted exactly. to slate them. So maybe... It, she picked the best lot and she really put her best work forward Mm -hmm. for this album. So you, you can like the tracks and you can be like, Oh, maybe if Max would have produced them, maybe they would have been more 1989, 80 cents pop, but maybe they just, the message just, yeah, they weren't like fitting. They weren't fitting. And she wanted to, to take Uh, that back from red. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So it just kind of made, just makes me think that, you know, they're great songs, but they just didn't have a place. Yeah. And also, were some of them even fully created? I know Say Don't Go wasn't fully created, but it, just, it makes me wonder, like, we, we've always talked about this. We want the timeline. We want to know when. We want to know how how much of it was completed. Like, were there, w- was there some re- rewriting in Slut? Uh, yeah. Did, is it over now and get some tweaks? Like, it, it's very interesting yeah. to know, like, what what could have been, what was originally thought. Yeah. And then what she remastered.
1: Yeah. Well, and it, I could be wrong, but I feel like with all the other Vault tracks, people are like, oh, yeah, this was on. This was leaked like a decade ago. Oh, I've seen yeah. this floating around. Oh, Nothing New was in her Lover Diary. Whereas I haven't heard any sort of like validation or verification of these titles or tracks ever existing in the ether. Um, Have
0: we... I haven't. I don't have. I don't have a Spotify account, but I think on the Spotify videos, I'm not sure if it's these songs, but in some of the Spotify videos, there's original lyrics for Down." I need to look at it because it might be for "Out of the Woods," it might be for mm. "I Know Places," it might be for other ones. Yeah, and the original lyrics were like on there, and you can see how it was changed. So I, I'm interested. in I know seeing in the,
1: if- in some of the like special albums, they have photos of the original like lyrics for mm. some of the like. I think it was. For like one for Wonderland, maybe, and so okay. I don't think they okay. were for these. So ma-
0: but yeah, more well-known songs because maybe people are more interested in yeah. what could have been. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah, and it's like I don't, I, I, I don't necessarily like I don't think that these were night. These were literally written during midnights, and then she's like, "Oh well, I'll just slot them in here." Yeah. No. And I think that if you really study them, you can see like the similarities between how she was writing during like 1989. But I think yeah, it comes down to a fact that she was after a very sonically cohesive song album that was her entire mission, and these songs do not fit that vibe, Mm-mm. and was probably it would probably have been hard to bring that like energy that you get in "Now That We Don't Talk" or "Say Don't Go" or "Is It Over Now," yeah. and like have it match. And from every album after 1989, she was like. I don't care about sonic cohesion. Like, I have more fun experimenting. I have more fun playing. Like, I don't want to be limited. And so I feel like it probably was fun to go back to these drafts and be like, Mm -hmm. yeah, like, let's see what sort of saucy little cat meow we can put in one of these. Like, you (laughs) know, it's like.
0: (laughs) Well, in the voice memos that she put on Tumblr, she did go when she was talking about slut. She's like, this is one of my favorites. I really liked it. But we had to make hard decisions on Blink Space was just the, the better song so that's why you know she she knew that they had the same kind of messaging yeah but she was like Blake's face is gonna be better for this so yeah she does get into that and I'm you know there, there are songs maybe I'm like oh I don't like that on 1989 but I can't imagine it not on 1989 right I have so many core memories of like driving to work in Philadelphia like a 45 minute commute and just listening to it, like, yeah. on repeat. And I just couldn't I, – I don't know. i like, how could I take that memory away?
1: I know. Well, and obviously we'll do, like, episodes on each of the vault tracks, but what did you think of the yes. Taylor's version, original Taylor's songs? version.
0: And a lot of people were talking about how, you know, it's too – like, they changed it. Jack Antonoff, he put a touch on it. It's not the original. You know, they, they like the original better. But because – I've been to her recent concerts and we've talked about this before. Like I'm so used to her changing things up when she does like surprise songs or when mm-hmm. she's doing mashups that I definitely was not offended by sound difference at all. Yeah, And it wasn't even that big of a difference. So I, I liked, I liked what she did. I need to go back and listen to, I, what I really want to do is go back and listen to original albums. Yeah. And then compare. Cause like I, in, you are in love, I, and I don't know if this is how I felt when I listened to "You Are in Love." I felt more of anxiety with how it was produced mm, than, than, like, oh, I'm yes. in love. I'm yes, like I, I, felt like in the silence there was like, you know, there, there's some chaotic, you know, some heartbeats going high, and I don't know if that was a personal choice or if that's something I'm just noticing now, and I need yeah. to go back and listen to this to you are in love now. Yeah,
1: yeah. it's like, I think I was more tuned into red. And so like the holy ground or, you know, hearing the difference in how she produced, um, like we are never ever getting back together. Like those were really jolting to me. and And knowing that people felt that way about this, I was sort of like keyed in to notice differences. And so I was like, oh, okay, welcome to New York. It does sound a little bit more abrasive at the start. But then I put it on shuffle and I was like, I literally can't tell the difference yeah. on any of these. Yeah. Um. So that worked out well for me. I think some people who care, like if you care the most about an album, you're going to notice the differences more. Yeah. Um. And so I think some, I think because 1989 wasn't as emotionally important as like something like Dear John or something like. You know, people are like, "Oh, she doesn't bring the same sort of tremor to her voice." In the rawness, is yeah, yeah, there. yeah. It's not as like relevant to 1989, I feel, because that was so popified and like so yes. intentional in its sounds and like produced. Where it's mm-hmm. like, I don't, you know, it to me, it's more of a generalized album. Obviously, yeah. there's like inspiration and details there, but even in something as like heavily emotional as Out of the Woods, for me it still is like big picture. And so you're not yep. as like concerned about the quavering voice or like, you know, the <sighs> breath work she does. Um, but I yeah. imagine if you care about this album more than others, then you'll be more in tune to those differences.
0: Yeah. And I love this album. I just don't hate the changes she's made. Yeah. Can't really tell the changes she's made. Yeah, And any changes I think she might've made might just be in my head. Right. Like, oh, (laughs) I don't remember that. I don't remember that. Yeah. Yeah, it's like
1: Rob really loves I Wish You Would and he insists that he can tell the difference and he doesn't like the new one. And I'm like new romantic Stan and so like the way she sings ah, ah, ah is different but not enough that it grates on me in the same way like We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together does.
0: Yes, exactly, exactly. So
1: (laughs) I think honestly what it is is that production is just a lot cleaner and so and, yeah. it stands out more um yeah. her
0: vocals are on display and her yeah whereas and
1: her, she has a stronger voice yeah
0: she has a stronger voice her vocals are on more on display whereas maybe they have they relied on that 80s pop
1: yeah a lot
0: back then like well what's funny too is
1: like everyone's like oh my gosh style is the worst like how could jack antonoff ruin this but jack antonoff isn't even the producer on ah. <laughs> style taylor's version <laughs> Ah. it's like christopher rowe does that one i think um okay, so people you know. need to check themselves okay <laughs> check yourself before you You can yourself. hate on jack but only if it's about labyrinth okay yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah i mean i think that's the i think it's always going to be like uncanny valley listening to the mm-hmm. new versions anticipating them off of the original versions Um, But I think ultimately they all bleed together and you won't be able to like – it won't stand out after a few weeks of listening, you know? Yeah. We'll just be gaslit into accepting it as the truth.
0: (laughs) Yeah. That's exactly what we're going to be. Yeah. (laughs) So that's our take on 1989. I think we could continue talking about it for so much longer because it's great. But lucky for us and lucky for you, our listeners, you'll get more of that
1: as we dive into –
0: the uh the songs the the vault
1: songs which well I'm she's about, about to go back on tour right and so yes. i'm curious if get- she's gonna do a music video or just do radio singles
0: i don't know because it's very interesting on how her her calendar is set up because she goes back on tour i think in a week or two and then she has a big break again in the oh, yeah. spring so i'm like okay what is she going to be doing there? What is she going to be doing? Like She's going to she be getting married now? and having babies.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> Don't you remember? That's,
0: that's what I've heard. I've heard her and Travis have already talked about having babies. He was looking for a breeder Yeah, and he found one and yeah. they're going to have kids in the Everyone next year. Everyone needs series.
1: to stop sexualizing them, okay?
0: <laughs> it's not sexualizing them. There's nothing sexy about being a parent. I'll tell you that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, so we'll have to see. I think the rumor is, is it over now is going to be the first singles sent to radio play which makes sense
0: that'll be exciting i really like it it'll be good to to hear that we might see travis on tour there's rumors that he is serious and he's going to be making some stops at her international tour dates don't know how that is going to work with uh football but we will we will see because they are we'll hear
1: about it for sure (laughs) she
0: she hears it in the silence Um, (laughs) uh but you guys this will be up um tomorrow because today's wednesday I um, we're excited for you guys to hear this. Share your thoughts and your analysis with us. You can email us at swiftjustpodcast at gmail.com. You can DM us on our Instagram account, Swiftjust Podcast. Uh, you can always just, you know, drop a comment in, like it, go and follow us, yes. and rate us on all of your podcast apps so other people can see us. But until next time, I'm Ashley. And I'm Shelby. And uh, thankfully for us, it is not over and we'll be back (laughs) next week to cover one of the songs.